Hey, Thriver. Welcome to the Career Thrivers podcast. I'm so glad you're here. This is your arena where authenticity meets ambition. Your career path is championed. Your leadership journey is supported. And I'm going to encourage you to speak up even when your voice shakes. I'm your host, Brittany N. Cole, here to guide you through owning your power, your narrative, your impact, and increasing your income. Throughout the show on each episode, you'll hear from some incredible leaders who are going to inspire, challenge, and transform your thinking. We'll discuss what authentic leadership really means, diving into conversations that defy conventions and celebrate your true self. Whether you're making strides in the corporate boardroom or breaking ground on your own ventures, this is your platform for growth, reflection, and breakthrough. I'm so glad you're here. Let's thrive together. At the heart of every successful venture lies building strong relationships that are built on trust, understanding, and empathy. I'm so excited for today's episode. We are joined with Harry Allen, who's going to be telling us about how do you build professional relationships, strategic relationships, authentic relationships across differences. Harry is the co-founder and the chief relationship officer of Studio Bank, the fastest growing bank here in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm always so proud to share that. And his background spans over two decades of financial services and an unwavering commitment to serving his community. Harry's not only built one of Nashville's biggest and one of the best banks, I believe, in the city. But he's also mastered this art of how do you foster relationships where you're bringing your whole self, your authentic self, but you're also able to connect with people who seemingly are different from you. Tune in to this episode. Let's dive in. Harry, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So excited to be here. Excited to have you join. Congrats to you too, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I I appreciate that. As a the co-founder of a bank and mm-hmm. chief relationship officer, you are no stranger to the power of relationships and building relationships. Talk to us a little bit about what that's looked like for you when it comes to building relationships despite differences. Yeah. So I think for me, and maybe it's because I'm a banker, but I like the analogy of um, accumulating assets, right? And I think that we think so much about our financial capital as we navigate career and life, but there's such a thing as social capital as well. And it is powerful when your social capital, your portfolio is diverse, um, just as when your financial capital is diversified in terms of investments. And so I knew that if I was going to be successful as a commercial banker, which is banking business owners and the businesses that they run, if I was going to be an advisor and connector to my clients, I needed a really large, robust, and very diverse um, set of friends and resources to deploy from a social capital standpoint. So that's what I did. And um, it has you know, served me well in banking for sure, but in terms of just being a citizen and community advocate and leader here in Nashville, it has blown my mind. Um, and my, my, my kids especially, they say, I can't go anywhere without daddy running into someone that he knows, but it makes a really big town feel small, um, in really meaningful ways. And that is so true. I think every Nashvillian knows Harry (laughs) Allen. Talk to us a little bit about like practically what has that looked like? Because I feel like there's all this advice out there around networking and building Uh, relationships. 
Yes. Talk to us. So there is a there is something um, different about transactional networking and true relationship building. And so I advise mentees, young professionals all the time. If you go to a networking event and you've got a pocket full of business cards, your objective is not to scatter as many business cards in the room as possible. If I walk away making a deep connection with one individual that now I have a follow up purpose and a reason to reach out and and maybe grab coffee or something um, afterwards, it's a much more successful interaction than shaking hands and the surface level network um, networking that takes place. And I think you show up to serve, you show up to be interested versus interesting. So you ask probing questions. Who are you? Why are you here? How can I help? Um, and that natural reciprocity that's wired into every human. If I do something for you, then they're obligated to return the favor. If I invite my neighbor to dinner, they're thinking about when am I going to invite the Allens over? Um, that creates a relationship that goes beyond a single transaction and you start to build true friendships and, and relationships of value. Yeah. In, in scenarios like that where you, go to meetups, you go to networking events mm-hmm. and you show up to serve, you have that deep connection. For many of us, we drop off in the follow-up. So talk yeah, to us about how yeah. do you follow up to like maintain that deep connection? Two things. If you didn't enjoy the conversation, there's no need to follow up. But if there was a connection that you enjoyed or say it's someone that you're interested in getting to know because they may potentially be a mentor, a very quick thank you is always appreciated. And current day of text and and everything's digital, a handwritten note actually goes a long, long way. And so send that. You know, I think even if you haven't had many interactions with an individual, but you came across someone and then you noticed their face in the business journal you're like, oh, I saw them at that event. The Business Journal, almost every time they profile an executive, includes an email address or LinkedIn profile or Instagram. Shoot them a note and say, it was great running into you that night. And, you know, those touches accumulate over time. Yeah. So you've likely experienced some challenges, Mm. right, when it comes to building relationships, connecting with people. What have some of those been and how have you, what have you learned from those moments? You want me to get vulnerable? (laughs) No. Yes. (laughs) So in financial services, um, there are not a lot of folks that look like me. In commercial banking in particular, you know, banking businesses, there aren't very many folks. And then when you layer age on top of race, there is a lot of reason for me to have imposter syndrome. And so part of it is remembering not what others expect of me or think of me, um, but what my parents taught about me and who I am. You had a guest on the show talking about, you know, waking up with value. I am valuable the minute I wake up and there's a purpose for my living. I've just got to figure out who needs the resources that I have. Approach life in a way that seeks that purpose. Everyone's not going to like you or there will be false assumptions made about you. There's a show that I I started to binge watch during the pandemic, Ted Lasso. Uh-huh. And he says, you know why the goldfish is the most phenomenal animal on the planet? Well, because they have a 10 second memory. So be a goldfish. When things kind of knock wind out of your cell, take a breath, forget about it, stand back up 
and the world will introduce you to the opportunities that are right for you. Yeah, that is so powerful. And I think for so many of us, you know, we struggle with that overthinking because we are the only one or we're one of a few. And I would imagine... And I know just by being a Nashville native like you, mm-hmm. that many of the people that are like, yes, I know Harry and he's amazing, don't look like you. They're opposite yeah. in every way externally. What has it been like building those bridges beyond differences? Yeah. So if you focus on what's similar, working beyond differences is a little easier. And so I think about the person across from me and what I can identify with. So if it's another young professional or mid-career professional And I've got three young kids. The oldest is 11. So I'm in the thick of it right now. If if I know the same about them, then they can relate to how excited I am that school starts back for all three (laughs) kids on Thursday. And then there's a common connection. Mm -hmm. We are social beings. We are meant to be in a community. Um, The reason humans have survived all the things the, the world has presented is because we have worked and come together. And so I believe that there is mutual understanding and connection among every single one of us. We just have to look hard enough to find it. I know the Studio Bank story. Mm -hmm. Some of us listening know the Studio Bank story, but it's not every day you get to sit next to a co-founder of a bank. It's crazy. So talk to us about how does one find themselves (laughs) (laughs) becoming likely, some would say, one of the most unlikely to co-found the fastest growing bank and one of the best banks in Nashville. Thank you. Yes. I I believe we are the fastest growing bank to ever start in Nashville. I was 35 years old when Aaron Dorn, the bank CEO and partner and friend of mine, asked me to coffee and said, you know, I think we should start a bank. The bank we worked for sold to a regional bank. Um, And my immediate reaction was, you're crazy. There's no way I'm I'm starting a bank. My wife's on maternity leave. I've got a three-month-old at home. It's not happening. Two weeks later, um, and a lot of things happened in that two-week period, but I came across a quote that says, if someone presents an opportunity that is so large you feel unprepared for, say yes and figure it out later. And that's Richard Branson, Virgin And it was the question that Aaron presented to me. This makes no sense, except that it did. And what I knew about Nashville, being a fifth generation Nashvilleian, is this is a town that has always honored local banking and the partnership that a local bank has with with the community. And we were entering a period where those local banks were exiting. Founding executives were retiring. The banks were being bought. um, And I didn't want a city as as on the move as Nashville to lose local banking. And I thought it was time for a bank that's going to be a community bank to reflect the community that it serves. And so in the 10 years um, that it had been since a new bank started, Nashville had trended younger, it had trended more diverse, and you look at the leadership amongst the community banks and it was quite homogenous. And so I said, yes, um, we need to do this. And yes, there's an opportunity to do it in a way that's even more powerful um, than the way it's done before. So we raised um, $46 million in six weeks from about 325 business folks in town um, that reflect every industry demographic, uh, racial diversity as well. It, It is about the most diverse coalition behind Studio Bank is um, any company that started in the last several years. 
Hey Thriver, I'm excited for you to get your hands on your copy of The Blueprint to More Visibility and Influence. This is a powerful free resource that's designed to catapult your influence and amplify your impact in your business or company. Now, this isn't just another online guide. This is your strategic companion that's going to walk you through the world of personal branding and authentic leadership. Inside, you'll unlock essential strategies that are going to help you do a few things. One, sharpen your self-awareness and own your unique story. Navigate the complexities of workplace dynamics with more confidence. Elevate your presence in any room and ensure that you are not only seen, but also heard and valued. Why wait for opportunities when you can create Create them. With this blueprint, you'll learn how to cultivate a personal brand that commands respect and opens the door for new opportunities. And the best part, you'll start seeing the world differently, not just as a place where you fit in, but one where you stand out. You'll transform your self-doubt into more self-assurance and turn your aspirations into tangible achievements. So join me in our community of thrivers who are making their mark. Don't let this moment pass you by. Head on over to letsthrivetogether.com to download your free copy of the blueprint to more visibility and influence today. Start your journey and let's thrive together. It is inspiring to see because when you click on the page and you see your board, yeah. when you look at your executive leadership team, you look at who's coming, not only who's coming in the door, but who's at the table making decisions. Yeah. It yeah. feels like, yeah, it reflects me. It reflects my community. Right. It reflects the best of Nashville. So no, that's right. And if, if the executive team, if the board of directors, if those who capitalize the bank did not reflect a diverse community, then we've not achieved our true intent. Until there's shared power, all you have is representative diversity. But when you're talking about equity, inclusion, belonging, um, leveraging the business case for diversity, then you have to have that reflected throughout the power structure. Yeah. Talk about the role that wealth plays in yeah. that because that i mean power is it's sometimes a synonymous capitalistic yeah. society yeah. so yeah. wealth is a type of power and influence and one day i will be able to say that i have that as well um right now social capital is a lot more valuable than my financial capital but um wealth plays a major role and i wanted to invite folks to participate in studio bank and building studio bank that had wealth. And so we said early on, yes, we will have investors from Bell Mead, um, but we will have investors from 12 South. We'll have investors from Jefferson Street. Um, my seventh grade social studies teacher is a supporter of the bank. My Sunday school teacher from growing up is an investor in the bank. All of Nashville will have an opportunity to participate um, because we all have agency and power and those with wealth have a type um, but I'll tell you, my seventh grade social studies teacher is quite powerful as well. Um, and the influence that. that she had on me back then to still leverage today is a testament to that. It's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah. And when you mentioned the power of social capital, you know, I believe it's inextricably linked to service. And mm. you serve on many boards. Talk to us about your service in places like the Rotary and other yep. organizations helps you to build authentic relationships. I didn't fully appreciate the role of community service early on in my career. I first joined a nonprofit board of directors because someone who I respected said, you should serve on a board of <laughs> nonprofit. <laughs> voluntold. Voluntold. That's exactly uh -huh. right. Um, and every nonprofit uh, board feels that they need a banker on the board and they need someone with financial expertise for sure. So I did that seven years after serving on that board, I realized it wasn't a passion of mine. 
And so if you're going to serve the community, number one, make sure it's a cause and a passion that you care deeply about. I now know mine is public education and providing opportunities for as many of our students in town um, as possible for a high quality education. The second thing that I underappreciated was the opportunity to flex um, and develop skills that my employer was not yet prepared to give me. That in a volunteer setting at a nonprofit, you raise your hand, yeah. you will get the task. <laughs> so I served on fund development committees, raising money for capital projects. I served on program committees, looking at how do we um, deploy their theory of change to make social impact. Um, led personnel committees, you know, really rounded out a managerial skill set before my employer saw that in me. And then I could leverage those experience for advancement while meeting fantastic people who were like-minded in terms of wanting to serve the community, who were leaders in their respective organizations. So I did meet a lot of fantastic people who don't look like me by serving on nonprofit boards. Yeah, that, that is such good insight because I think, you know, to your point, sometimes we think, oh, someone asked me to do this. So I'm just going to do it when really yep. it could be a gateway to building business acumen, to meeting great people, but also developing that skill set. And then for corporate professionals, like actually sharing that you do that yeah. with your org or with your leader that doesn't know that is, is important. 100%. Yeah. You, you help build exposure and value to the organization that you're employed by by representing them in the community for sure. Yeah, definitely. So some of the same, I guess, skills, if you will, that are required to like build relationships with people are similar to the same skills to like create a culture of belonging. And we know that Studio Bank for multiple years has been awarded best places to work. Yes. So talk to us about how you've taken some of these same skill sets in building your own relationships externally to actually be intentional about your people and building a great work environment. Yeah. And I'm really, really excited because we were just named again for 2023, one of Nashville's best places to work. That's five years in a row. We've only been a company five years. So every year, every year. Um, we've wow. been a best place to work. And, you know, it, it's a lot of things. Um, if, if I had to list all of the intentional and even um, contributions that employees have made to the culture that we didn't intend that are quite special, it'd probably be 120 little, little and big things. Um, but what we knew we wanted to create is a sense of ownership. And um, we have made every employee an owner of the company. So, you know, we said we can teach them and tell them to act like an owner or we can just make them one. And I remember early on when we started the bank, we said, oh, it'd be cool to have a, a snack bar for employees. Um, and they knew we were a startup. We weren't yet making money. There was an employee that said, oh, I know we're chasing profitability. I don't need you to buy me snacks. Um, and save the company money because she felt a sense of ownership as well as the founders that this is something we're doing together. Um, we do employee surprises where our uh, head of HR and our vice president of employee engagement will just shoot an email out and say, meet us in the conference room at two o'clock. We have no idea what's there to meet us. One day it was cotton candy and bacon, um, which was a weird salty sweet combination. Um, we've done t-shirt printing as team building activities, escape games, all kinds of fun things. Um, but then there's the cultural contributions. We invite uh, prospective employees to not just be a beneficiary of a great culture, but look for ways to contribute that are unique to you. And there's an employee that loves music 
And every Friday, he just started to send um, new record releases, like mm-hmm. a list. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that expanded to what employee can we highlight? Where'd your, uh, where was your first concert? What record are you playing? Record. I'm dating myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, nobody asked him. He didn't ask for permission. He just felt that that was a personal passion of his. And now it's become a thing for the last three years, every single Friday. I look to his email to find out who's dropped a a new album. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Well, if you aren't, as if you aren't busy enough, um, your, your community service precedes you. I was just sitting here thinking like, how does Harry make time for like, even some of the Uh, work that we've done with like the Nashville chamber and other organizations. I think it's, it's incredible, but it also, um, reminds me of one of the challenges in Nashville, which is around, we hear it often from corporations we work with retaining black professionals. mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. I know that you serve the Nashville community also as being one of the founding members of a group here. That's really geared towards black executives. Talk to us about some of the things for our corporate executive leaders that are listening in that they can be thinking about and doing to do a better job of retaining black talent in Nashville. Yeah. And thank you for mentioning that about, I guess, almost three years ago now, we started late in 2020, um, a black executive network, an opportunity for black executives here in Nashville to connect and build relationships um, because I had heard at least four times from four different people who had recently relocated to Nashville for work as black executives saying, it's been so hard to find community here. I think I'm going to go back to where I came from. And what I did not want to happen is for companies to lose black talent, but for our communities to lose diverse talent. And, And so it is really important for me as an individual citizen in a booming economy that is growing in diversity to help retain it. It's also valuable, um, for the company for, you know, for many reasons, but the cost to recruit and especially relocate an executive is significant. And so if they don't find home and belonging here, not just in their corporate setting, but in the community, Mm -hmm. um, that's a challenge. The third piece was I was kind of tired and we've worked a lot in the same circles of Nashville, assuming there's only 12 of us in town. (laughs) And so I'm like, if I can collect, (laughs) yes, there, you know, you start to see the same folks. I feel overexposed these days. We have 136 currently on that list. These are all C-suite executives. Um, If you've not been invited to an event, please reach out to me so we can learn more about the work you're doing. And, and I, I'd be happy to include you. But that's now folks that I can say, if I'm asked to serve on a board or commission, no, I don't have the capacity, um, but you should talk to this person. And it's being a steward and um, diversifying my portfolio of social capital so that I can leverage it um, for good. Yeah. And and serving because those events have just been, I mean, the energy, you could almost feel it in in the room. People just excited to have the opportunity to connect across different industries and to connect with leaders who are facing some of the same challenges. That's right. That's right. And you know, the organic conversations that come up, where do you get your hair done? Where do you go to church? Like being part of a community requires you to make those connections. And the sooner you can make those connections, the stickier you are to Nashville, because it is a great city and we need you to stay here. 
Absolutely. So if you're listening in, make sure you connect with Harry so that you can be a part of that network. And also while it's top of mind, Urbanite comes to mind on this topic because they do such a great job of providing a guide, like practical ways to connect with restaurants and other businesses to help you get acclimated to our city. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So as we wrap up, Harry, what would you say that thriving means to you? Thriving. Um, so thriving is a step beyond surviving to me, right? And I think about making sure you are full enough to pour out. And so if you are not taking stock, self-reflecting, um, pouring in, then you have nothing to give. And if you're empty, you're not thriving. And so what are the things that you practice? Um, who are the folks that you surround yourself with? Um, that keep you full so that you have um, something to give. I think that's thriving. I also think that, you know, when I cross that threshold every evening and I met with three young, impressionable people that my wife is really happy to hand off. Being in work and in purposes that fill me up and energize me while I'm doing them versus drain me so that they're not getting the leftovers of Harry. Um, but the very best. And so thriving too means for me finding purposeful work and exercising gifts and strengths that fill you up. We are good at many, many things. Everything we're good at doesn't fill us up while we're doing them. And so I recommended a book to you a couple of years ago called Essentialism, which has helped me tremendously discern what are the things I'm supposed to be saying yes to and shedding all that superfluous stuff so that, you know, Folks that rely on me get the best of me. I have now that I've read and reread the book. (laughs) I always recommend it, Harry. I'm like, it's annual reading for leaders because it's so easy to just pile on, pile on, pile on. But that discipline pursuit of less is everything. That's exactly right. Awesome. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Keep thriving. Hey, Hey Creative is a company that stands at the intersection of imagination and reality here in Nashville, Tennessee. They specialize in transforming events into memorable experiences as partners for brands and advocates for small businesses. At Career Thrivers, we've been a proud client of Hey, Hey Creative as they foster self-reflection, promote growth, and create moments that are beautiful and inspiring. Experience the magic of Hey, Hey Creative today by visiting heyheycreative.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Career Thrivers Show. I hope that you took as much from that episode as I did to not only be inspired, but to actually move towards action. And I want to help you do that. So be sure that you head on over to careerthrivers.com forward slash podcast and download our Thrivers Guide to take your career and leadership to the next level. Share this episode with a friend or a colleague, subscribe, rate and review, and I cannot wait to see you inside the next episode.